Well, hello, my glorious fiends. You are listening to the Gnome Chapters, and I am Gnome. I've got a lot of news this time around, so buckle up. First of all, there are two, count them, two messages for this episode. The first message is from NVE, who emailed me just to say, You got this, bro. With a little kissy emoji. Thanks, NVE. I'm super glad to have your confidence, and I will try my hardest to live up to that. The second was a comment left on my second episode. I'd like some butter, please. Odd request. Good deal, though. You got it. I hope you enjoy the various dairy products that I've included in this episode, especially for you. Now, second of all, I've got a Patreon now, so if you like my story and you like my voice, and you'd like to, you know, get some extra content from me, check that out. For only a dollar a month, you can help me push out more content by helping me fund my channel, as well as gain exclusive access to the Discord server, and get a shout-out at the end of each podcast episode. And for five bucks a month, you gain access to exclusive sides and episodes that won't be heard anywhere else. The link will be in the description. Third of all, my podcast is officially available on Stitcher and Google Podcasts as well. Hooray! Make sure to follow my channel on any of these three podcasting services, and you can also follow my Instagram and TikTok accounts for more fun updates. Those links will also be in the description. Alright, okay, I promise that's all I have for good news. So without any more ado, please enjoy Something Dramatic This Way Comes, Chapter 3. There's a cult? Bertie had surprised himself by how much he enjoyed his new companion's company. They drank, talked, and joked throughout the night, and although she had seemed flirtatious, she had coolly ignored all of Bertie's drunken advances. It was probably for the best, he thought, his head sliding down his wrist and toppling his tankard of beer. While Bertie was falling asleep in his drink, the young woman propped her chin upon a delicate hand. Malian, she said suddenly, in case you were too drunk to ask. Bertie was too drunk. In fact, he seemed to be sliding further and further into his alcohol-induced stupor, from which he was guaranteed to wake with a demon of a headache. Her voice roused him from this for a moment, however, and he did his best to reply coherently. Mmm, nope. Don't think I've ever been there, he murmured. As Bertie's head finally thunked down into the pile of beer on the table next to his tipped tankard, Malian rose, smiling to herself. She sauntered off to her original table, picking up a small satchel of precious stones from the top of it and her side bag from underneath it. He's all yours. Thanks for the business, she said and wandered out of the tavern. The group of dark-clad people that had crowded the table all evening got up one by one as she left and went to join the sleeping birdie. He'll do nicely, one said. They laughed. The next morning was bright through the windows of the apartment as Bertie was assaulted into wakefulness by it. The sick and the grum in his stomach roiled, and just before he was about to slide himself up the wall behind him to sit, 
he felt the sharp, cold slap of water being sloshed across him. He gasped, opening his eyes and squinting against the brightness. <gasps> oh, the fuck? Where am I? This isn't my apartment. Rise and shine, weed drunkard. Away with you from whence you've come now, came a booming voice, and as Bertie raised his aching head, he had indeed woken with a demon of a headache. He looked up, and up, and up, and up. Bertie felt dizzy just trying to find the man's face, and so lowered his gaze to stare at the man's thighs instead. Mm, I just need a minute, he muttered, holding his head. God damn, it hurt. You had all night. Turned for me, you'd not be here now. You almost got bustled away, the man said loudly. The sound made Bertie's head throb and caused bile to rise in his throat. Please, can you be just a little quieter? My head... Bertie whispered, but the man simply stooped and dragged him up by the forearm, pulling him out of the room they were in. Bertie collapsed against the wall in a long hallway, almost retching right there, but he pressed his back against the chilly wall behind him to ground himself. Wait a minute, please, he whined through gritted teeth. With a sigh, the big man did. As Bertie's head slowed its spinning, he spoke again, hoping to buy himself just a little more time before he had to make the miserable trudge back to the castle. <clears throat> I, I'm Bertie, he said, and the large man hovering above him crossed his arms. Day, he replied. Bertie looked up and smiled, his eyes watery. Day. It's nice to meet you. I, Day said grumpily, his arms still crossed. It's nice to meet you too, but you should make yourself scarce for a couple of days, if you have any sense. The words from before caught up with Bertie then in a rush, and he looked up to meet Day's eyes. Why? Bertie asked. You were almost taken by a cult, weren't you listening before? Day asked. There's a cult here? Aye. Kinky, Bertie said. What would they have done to me once they had me? Killed you and sacrificed to their goddess of perfection, Felfromed. They believe that to sacrifice one of impurities such as yourself would be to purify the person in the eyes of their goddess, they explained. Right. Not so kinky, got it, Bertie replied and drew in a breath. His head still swam with old alcohol, but the grum in his stomach had settled. He felt as if he could actually stand without wobbling. Mm-hmm, Day responded. He was being far more patient than Bertie would have known what to do with under normal circumstances. As Bertie began to lift himself gingerly back up against the wall, Day reached out and, gently this time, took his arm. Bertie followed along meekly. When they got to the open dining area, Day took out some cheese and bread, and, after wrapping it in a handkerchief, wrapped Bertie up in the cloak he had almost been bustled away in the night before. 
Bertie's confused thank yous were largely ignored by the large man as Day lifted the hood so that Bertie's head was covered, and then added his own soft, warm scarf, tucking the ends away inside the cloak. He then handed Bertie the packet of food and then scooted him out the door. Confusion and last night's boozy warmth swirled in Bertie's head as he stood still, suddenly outside. The bright sunlight reflecting off the fresh snow burned his already sensitive eyes. Had he really almost been kidnapped? He'd have made a terrible sacrifice, but even so, the sunlight was just too much. Collapsing onto his knees, Bertie finally vomited just beside the small path leading up to the tavern door in the snowbank. King Harbeth sat in his hard wooden throne, his elbow propped up on the arm and his hand supporting his chin. He sighed and shifted. He should really think about putting a cushion on this seat. And then the sheep, sire. Sire? The diplomat in front of Harbeth cleared his throat, jerking the king out of his reverie. <clears throat> hmm? What about the sheep? He asked, irritated. He felt a hand enter his and lips on his ear, and he calmed a bit as he heard Leslie whisper to him. Now, now, Winky, this is important. You need to pay attention, my love. Queen Leslie swirled her delicate fingers against the back of his hand, and the king sighed. I know, Loopsy, but can't they take a day to solve their own problems? It would be like an adventure, he replied quietly, and Queen Leslie chuckled. Pay attention, you. She chided lightly. King Harbeth turned his attention to his diplomat and forced himself to pay attention. After all, Loopsy was right. This was important information. At least it was important to the person that was speaking right now. A while later, the king and queen were relaxing in their solaire, the queen with her latest book and the king on his chair, looking just as bored and disheartened as ever. He sighed again. Leslie looked up from her book. All right, Winky, out with it. What has you in a tizzy today? She asked, eyeing him over the top of her book. It's that boy, isn't it? Harbeth groaned. He thought for a moment, his large gray eyebrow bending with consternation over his eyes. Loopsy, he began hesitantly. If someone told you, rather suddenly that their entire family had died when they were a child, would you expect them to be cheerful and mouthy afterwards? Or would you expect them to show just a little more feeling on the subject? Leslie's own eyebrows raised in surprise. His entire family? My love, that's horrible. Indeed. And directly after, he just left the room, asked if I needed him anymore, and left. Oh, oh my. Yes, agreed the king. It was the queen's turn to heave a sigh. She wasn't as dramatic as her husband, but she could heave a sigh halfway across the room without much effort if she wanted to. The Harbeth, my love, my sweet king. I think that perhaps your little jester just needs his space right now, she said, leaning over to him and nuzzling his face. The king sank into his comfy chair, grateful for its plush softness after the hard throne he'd endured during the meeting. <sighs> I suppose, my love. I suppose. 
Bertie awoke later that morning, in his own bed this time. His head felt like it was being sucked in on itself. His skin felt sticky. His clothes felt like they were covered in a thin layer of hardened grime. His mouth felt like it was dipped in moldy metal and smelted. He rose from his bed and stumbled over to his wash basin, staring into the dirty water because he hadn't yet coerced himself into getting clean snow for a bath in a few days. Wonderful, he thought. He had things that couldn't be done in his current state, and he still needed to launder his clothing as well. Groaning, he rubbed his face hard with his hands and ran one of them through his sweaty hair. I am never drinking again, he said to himself. For a moment, he just stood and breathed. Then his stomach growled. Bertie somehow hadn't realized how hungry he was before now, and resignedly, he began to undress to begin his day. It wasn't until he had shed his shirt that he remembered the soft, fluffy scarf that the barkeep had wrapped around his neck and turned to his bed. <sighs> Lovely, one more thing to do today, Bertie groused. At the very least, he was confident that he would not be called by his king, as this day was reserved for the holy observance for the gods. He would not be subjected to the concern that had driven him to drink the day before, and he was also not expected to perform or participate in the holiday, given his rather irreverent nature. It really was better for everyone involved for Bertie to stay far away from the temple, lest he and those around him be smited for... something inappropriate. A short while later, after Bertie had trundled his dirty clothing across the courtyard to the laundress and stolen himself a soapy cloth to wash with, he found himself in the kitchens, watching the lovely bottomed Aglin churn butter. He sipped at a mug of spiced milk, peering over the rim. Come on now, Aggie. Why not try again? I promised you some fun, didn't I? Bertie said, trying his best to be as silky smooth as that butter. Eglin snorted and ignored him, but Bertie could see their eyes roll. Eglin, I'm sorry, Bertie tried again. Please forgive me. I can meet up with you in a few hours. Bertie, you left me alone in the cold wine cellar waiting for you. Why should I give you any more chances? They asked, keeping their back turned. Bertie didn't mind. Instead, he kept his place at the counter and his eyes on their posterior. You're right, Eglin. I'm sorry, he said. Eglin snorted and finally stopped churning. I know I'm right, they said, wiping their hands on their apron. They turned to face Bertie with their hands on their hips. But I suppose you've earned another chance. Bertie set his milk aside and slid up to Aglin, wrapping his arms around their hips and blowing in their ear. Later tonight, my delight, Bertie said and brought his hand up to lightly touch Aglin's face, lifting it so that their lips would meet his. Aglin hummed against his lips, causing a pleasant stirring in his nethers. With noted excitement, he felt a stirring in his partner's nethers as well. And then the two broke apart and Eglin patted Bertie on his shoulders. 
go do whatever it is you need to finish up and meet me here in the kitchens, they demanded, and a smile pulled at their face. And remember, you promised to make it a night worth remembering. Bertie grinned as he pulled himself away and left the warm kitchen for the cold, clear day outside once again. It was shaping up to be a good night, but there was still one thing left for him to do before he could enjoy it. <sighs> he was regretting his decision to travel in the cold this evening, and regretting his decision to not actually wear the scarf he was returning. As he approached the tavern, he blew into his hands to warm them. <laughs> Dad, that's cold! came a squeal, and Bertie looked up from his hands. The large barkeep, Day, was kneeling in front of a small child, scooping up a handful of snow and dusting it over their head. Millie, I now dub thee Snow Princess, he said. His voice was deeper than Bertie remembered from that morning. Bertie watched as the little girl spun in a circle and picked up a stick. Then I dub you, Da, a knight of my chilly realm. You are Sir... Um... Sir... Sir Da? He asked mirthfully. No, Da is your real name. Your name in my kingdom is... Um... Sir Muddy! The Besotted! She laughed and lightly tapped the big man's shoulders to knight him. He laughed as well and stood swiftly swooping up the small child as she giggled and screamed and then lifted her high into the air. He ended by setting her on his shoulders. The besotted, huh? Why am I besotted, then? He asked. The little girl gripped his hair and thought for a moment and then looked right at Bertie. She pointed. Because you're going to fall in love, da, she said, and they looked where she had pointed. Bertie stood still where he was like a startled animal. Day set his daughter down in the snow and then crouched down to her level. He said something and she nodded and ran inside the tavern. Day then lifted himself and strode to meet Bertie. What are you doing here, lad? Thought I told you to stay away for a little, didn't I? He said. I had to return your scarf, Bertie replied. He felt awkward all of a sudden but they didn't seem to notice aye right smelly scarf you got there thanks for bringing it back he said taking the fluffy thing ah you'd better come inside and warm your bones for a bit before you head back it'll be ice before you return if i let you leave in this state with that day gestured for birdie to follow him and gratefully birdie did he was led through the tavern itself to that same hallway in the back, and then further to a small series of rooms that were warm and smelled of stew. Bertie watched as Day was accosted by his child as she lunged at him, hugging him around the thighs. He laughed and picked her up to put her on his hip. Millie, love, we've a guest. This here's Anine. Anine, this is me daughter, Mildred. Millie stuck out her hand. Bertie took it, confused. Before he could speak, Millie asked, Why'd your mom name you after a girl? A what? Bertie asked. A girl. Anina's a girl's name. 
Millie replied, seeming almost offended. It means little bird. Nah, Millie, don't be rude. Why don't you go eat ya? I'll join you in a short while. Day set Millie down and she pouted a little before going off and finding a little poppet to bring with her to the table. Day then turned to Bertie. Do you like some stew? Or some tea? Um, tea, thanks, Bertie replied and shuffled uncertainly in the doorway. What's wrong, Anin? Day asked. He was taking a kettle from atop a cupboard and filling it with water from a barrel by the window. Well, it's, uh... It's what you keep calling me. My name is Bertie, not, uh, Birdie, he replied, emphasizing the t and d sounds. Day turned around to face him, having placed the kettle on its hook over the fire next to the stew pot. Ah, sorry about that. You were a little hard to hear this morning, uh... Bertie. Forgive me. Bertie chuckled, moving inside. Um, of course. Forgiven day, Bertie said and sat down at the table with Millie, who was manipulating the poppet into an artful little dance upon the table. Her stew was yet untouched. The scene was awkwardly quiet, but friendly. It was easy to sit there in silence, enjoying each other's company and and Bertie found it relaxing to not have to be responsible for entertaining everyone for once. When the conversation did begin, Day started it, and found no trouble carrying it. If he found Bertie lacking as a conversational partner, he showed no signs of discontent, at least. Even Millie seemed to be having fun, making her doll dance its way over to Bertie on the table, and Bertie made a show of fawning over the little toy and began to delicately dance with it to the delight of the watching child. Before he knew it, the moon had risen, and Bertie found himself late to his date with Aglin once again. He decided he shouldn't impose upon this family any longer, and rose from his seat. <laughs> I should leave you before you kick me out, huh? He asked, laughing. Day chuckled, but Millie found it less than funny. We won't kick you out, Anine. We like you, she said, and went to hug him around the waist. Now, Millie, he has things he needs to do yet, Day said, pulling the girl gently away. But that's dark out, she whined. Aye, we won, but that's all the more reason for him to go home. He'll be back, don't worry. Of course I will. Bertie couldn't stop himself from smiling. Can't keep me away. As Day settled Mildred once again at the table, Bertie gathered his cloak about him. Day led him back down the dark alleyway and out into the main tavern. Thank you for the tea today. I had a lot of fun, Bertie said, still smiling. Well, you're easier to please than most me guests, then, Day responded. Bertie laughed. <laughs> I suppose so, he said and turned to the door. Good night, Anine, Day said, and then corrected himself. Sorry, Bertie. <laughs> Good night, Day. What, what did you say Anine means again? He asked, his hand on the door. Little bird, Day replied.
then I'll be sure to fly back here often as long as you'll have me. Bertie said, throwing a wink over his shoulder before he stepped out of the tavern and into the night. Alright, my cute little fiends. You've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to like and subscribe to the Gnome Chapters wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't be afraid to hit that little notification bell so that when I do update, you'll be the first to know. You have a wonderful night or day, uh, summer. Have have a lovely thing. Have a nice thing. Bye. Fuck. Sarfed. Day. It's me, but with an accent that's bad and awful. <laughs> and then the sheep, sire. <laughs> he felt a hand enter his, and his lips... His lips on his own ear, because he's kinky that way, and super stretchy, apparently. But you know, that's just how kings roll, and if he wants to get in Bertie's pants, he's gonna have to be flaxy, you know what I mean? He is old. Fuck. In a fuck. What has the kid been smoking for three years already? They're only five. <laughs>